Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. All right, guys. Uh, so I'm I'm quite excited to introduce you to a, a special guest special guest interview that's a little bit different to what we've had before. Uh, no, mm-hmm. he, he is not a, a pro grappler himself. From Australia, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> all we do, right? <laughs> no, no, this man is, uh, is a, an illustrator, an, an artist uh, of, of the wrestling elk, uh, you know, quite uh, similar to, to myself, similar to to, to Jeremy in that vein as well. So I, I thought it'd be wonderful for us to uh, all have a, a, a delightful wrestling art cultural conversation. Uh, so uh, to, to not waffle on too much further, uh, I've uh, been a, a big fan of, uh, of Brett's work uh, for, for quite a while. Um, the man behind the incredible um, branding and, and graphic design of, of Riptide Wrestling's uh, posters and, and such. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show, Mr. Brett Jones. How's it going, sir? Hello. Yeah, I'm good. I'm feeling much better about that uh, smoke blowing <laughs> on my ass there because I'm, I'm not used to people being, well, yeah, I am. I'm not being humble here. I'm not used to people being like super kind about my stuff. I just do my work in a little bubble of my own self. So when people say nice things, it's sort of dumbfounds me a bit i guess oh that. no worries chris is an ace at introductions he, he <laughs> yeah. glowing endorsements of people before they get on the air they're like oh I, how do i live up to this but i'm sure <laughs> more than successful brett we actually forgot to introduce the name of the show even oh well i was i was going to do that as our <laughs> as our you know you know that thing where i say we don't lie to our listeners and we we ah. sometimes re-edit things yeah i was going to do that that deceitful practice yeah. Screw it. Let's just do it now. Welcome to, <laughs> and I'm going to let you say it this time, Chris. Grown men watch this shit? Oh, man. Thanks, Brett, for being with us. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, and Lovely. very thank you for having me. <laughs> so before um, we got on the air, we were discussing uh, everyone's plans for today's. We're recording this uh, show the day of the pay-per-view Royal Rumble. So, for honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're asking Mr. Brett about his plans, how he approaches the Rumble, and it sounds like he's going to be heading to bed a little bit knackered if he tries to stay up the entire evening. Yes, yeah. No, I, I, I am no good at staying awake into the early hours anymore. I just fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I, I do a, a podcast uh, with some friends called Hardest Part of the Ring, and we literally just talk about WWE pay-per-view. Sometimes we do New Japan. But um we had this thing we're we're not sort of we're not too far apart, but we're not like living in the same area. So we get together for the big four being the Rumble, um, Survivor Series, WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And we rotate around each other's houses for oh, nice. each one to watch it together. So that's that's usually the Monday after because we 
we don't do the staying up. So we have to stay off social media and avoid all that stuff until we can watch it. Yeah, Rumble's one That's of the worst awful. ones to to try to um, stay spoiler free for. I find it just happens yes. to work out well in Australia that most of the time it falls on uh, this public holiday that we were talking about, the Australia Day, which uh, just uh, just quietly we're not supposed to say that anymore. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a controversial topic, uh, but yes, uh, I've been Australia reading Day? some of that on Twitter as well. Yeah, oh, please uh, educate me. I'm American. I'm at a loss. Honestly, pretty Go pretty ahead. good reasoning. Uh, basically, they uh, they celebrate uh, the the date of invasion of the the country. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They still do that, rather than you know <laughs> celebrating the day when it actually became a, a country and the and the states were were sort of uh, all brought together as the federation, which they still celebrate as Federation Day. But I mean, hey, in my book, that'd probably be a bit less offensive to people. Uh, but yeah, we just have a whole lot of people who don't want to change anything, uh, uh, regardless of whether it would be nicer for our indigenous peoples. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the reason, and that's the, also the reason why we now have the separate day where we do the hottest one hundred. Uh, that that radio thing that I was telling you about a little bit earlier, Brett. Yeah. Uh, that used to be on the Australia Day, but then they moved it. It's a big, big controversial thing. People are like, I'm never going to listen to the hottest one hundred ever again. Uh, now it's just <laughs> an excuse for a two day bender. <laughs> uh, up here in the, in the states, we had, of course, Columbus Day celebrating the discovery of our country. Yes. And uh, over time, that's <laughs> become, you know, a little bit offensive in in retrospect. And we have now changed it to Indigenous Peoples Day to celebrate the Indigenous peoples of yeah. our country. I heard there are a lot yeah. of angry Italians about that. I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like but that's all we got. Die. You can't take yeah, that away. <laughs> You found that sweet country we all hate. Yeah. Oh, history. History with grown men. Watch this shit. What Excellent. a great chat. <laughs> yeah. So, Riptide Wrestling, how'd you get involved? Uh, you're, uh, like Chris said, your work is amazing. I took a peek uh, when we heard we were going to have you on the show. So how'd you first get involved with the company? Is it your company, actually, or did they just tap you? No, no. They, um, they uh, yeah, just uh, got in touch on, on Twitter, I think. Um, so... They're, they're very local to me, uh, mm. which is awesome. Uh, we've had like the um, wrestling shows like in Worthing, which is where I'm from, um, like for donkey's years. But it's like the old school half term for the kids when they're on the holidays wrestling. So there's only a few matches. And obviously it's it's quite kitsch, you know, it's proper mm. old school, like British wrestling. Um, but Riptide is like more of this new school of um, British independent wrestling like progress and stuff like that. So it's for the older audience um, and it's much more, you know, what you've had in America for a long time outside of WWE, obviously. Um, so uh, because it was local and because we'd started doing our podcast, we um, got uh, asked the um, creator of Riptide Josh to, for an interview. And I wasn't actually at that interview, but um, <laughs> literally afterwards, I think it must have been through that connection of seeing us on Twitter and I was doing our cover art for, you know, and I still do for our podcast. Um, and he'd like seen some of my other stuff and just got in touch. And, and it just started off as like, um, I can't even remember what the first job was. It was just some like little bits here and there. And then like each time it 
you know, it's sort of snowballed into more and more. And then because I was doing so much last year, I'm sort of like signed signed on, as it were, to do, you know, all the posters and, and match graphics and all various other things for the for the year ahead as well. Nice. It's great stuff. I mean, it's um, I, uh, in a, a previous life, uh, did a bit of the, the wrestling uh, poster design, tried to approach it with a bit more of an illustrator kind of a, a mentality than was currently being done. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, your, your stuff is, is so different and so fresh compared to so much of the, all right, we're going to have a wrestling poster, we've got to have some, some pic photos of guys flexing, maybe get a bit of barbed wire in there, yes. get some cage <laughs> mesh in the background, maybe some fire explosions. <laughs> but yours is yeah. just so fresh and cool. It was, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Did you have that approach from the very start? No, so the the, the initial ones that I did, um, because I'm I'm a designer by trade as well. Yep. So the initial ones I did were like the promo pic, Photoshop, you know, collages, yep. as it were, like. Um, and then on one of them, uh, I got to do some illustration. I think it was for, um, they had a Riptide Rumble. Mm-hmm. And he had an idea, and so I got to illustrate that. And I wasn't illustrating any wrestlers in particular on that. It was just generic sort of guys, because I think there was, you know, a slow reveal for who was going to be on that one. So they didn't want to give anything away. Um, but then, yeah, from then, it's sort of like each time now, Josh has ideas, you know, for what he wants. Because the shows all have a theme, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, and... So it's like I get to explore in that theme, but he usually chucks me like a bit of a crazy or mad brief. And I usually do tell him like, you know, try not to throw too many wrestlers at me because, you know, each yeah. person I have to draw <laughs> <laughs> makes it that much more difficult. Um, but and then he like starts off with a load. And I'm like, OK, that's, you know, let's not go more than that. And then <laughs> then I show him like what I've managed to try and fit it all into one picture and then he's like, oh, that's awesome. Can we put this person, this person, this person, and this person? Well, <laughs> I got that like, vibe when I saw the... Deep six, I was, like, was going to say the Deep Six one. I'm like, you yes. poor man. Oh, I love Lyco's par uh, parachuting in, by the way. That's yeah, it came amazing. together amazingly, but it's just like, oh, that would have been a, a bit of work right there. Oh, I think every was. artist has that in their head, like, oh, crap. How many people do you want me to draw in this thing? <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. That's amazing, though. Yeah, it's definitely, and and that one was was very much the case because I had I can't remember how many, but um, I had to add in um, Haskins, like both Mark and Vicky Haskins, either side of um, Chuck Mambo, like the center guy, yeah. and then um, then I had to add a, another person in the helicopter, another person under the helicopter. There was yeah. just like you know, <laughs> it was like I was like. How am I going to fit all these people in? <laughs> <laughs> Great choices, though. I love the dude grabbing onto the, the part of the helicopter underneath. Like, oh, yeah, that, I'll just have him hang off of this. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it so works. good. But it's, it's good fun. It's good fun. Josh, yeah. Josh, the best thing about like working with Josh is he, you know, he really trusts what I do and sort of how I do it. So he's sometimes he gives me a bit of a brief and other times he just says, you know, just do whatever, um, you know, so I get to just come up with something. 
That's great. Which is pretty cool. Well, I like how versatile your style is too. Like, like comparing like the Blackwater and the other poster we were just discussing. Like, it's almost like the art itself is different as well too. So, like, you're it's really it's incredible. Actually, I'm kind of blown away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Blackwater uh, one really. As soon as I, I first saw that Blackwater one, I was like, like kind of exactly what I'm saying about like just being so fresh and different to like anything else going. I was like, holy yeah. shit, this. Well, I mean, that, again, that was, I think because Josh has been kind in sort of trusting me, I've like, especially when, you know, we were doing the initial Photoshop things and I was like, he tries to do something very different with Riptide, I think, to like the other shows yep. that um, uh, companies over here and, and, Every part of it, I think he's trying to do something different. And if you've seen the um, on-demand stuff as well, how they film it oh, is man. very different. Yeah, first time I saw yeah. it, had just like an immediate different feel to, to the rest of the shows. That really cool light that's kind of filtering through and just, yeah, great. Yeah, and they, they have so many camera guys filming and, that you know, they like, so there's a lot of editing when they cut that thing together. Um, but so I, I thought... I could try and do something that, you know, fits wrestling in general, I guess. Um, or I could, if I'm doing this, I can do something that I want to do. And and if I'm getting the option, at least the first time I produce it, I can, like, you know, do what I want to do and how I think, you know, I want it to look. And he can just say, no, that's rubbish and <laughs> do this. You know, like, yeah. you might as well go all out on the first thing you do. And then if he wants to rein it in or make it, you know more thingy then so be it but um but he hasn't so i've got to really sort of you know enjoy doing what i like doing yeah it's so important i mean for all of the um, wrestling poster stuff that i did for the longest period where i was actually enjoying it a similar story where i had a mate who was the promoter and he just gave me a, a lot of leeway maybe more leeway than i deserve sometimes for some of the crazy concept i brought back <laughs> <laughs> but it's that that's where the fun's at right like just where you're doing something that, that both you're having fun doing um and it's, it's sort of pushing yeah. you a little bit um in addition to to being able to to bring a bit of a, a different dimension to to the poster because I, I seriously do think that they're the type of things where people see your posters for riptide and and it, it gets a complete different audience than is necessarily just going to be what a, a standard wrestling fair show would would appeal to um yeah. and i guess you see that a lot in the actual riptide audience i mean do you feel like this is a bit more of a, a crossover into the casual i'll bring bring my mates who don't even like wrestling or the girlfriends that kind of thing yeah yeah totally i mean i've done i've done the exact same thing with peeps and friends like i took um like five friends that you know don't watch wrestling at all you know they know about it obviously but you know they were just up for seeing some and i think that's the brighton vibe in general is people you know are up for trying something you know um because they it'll be fun and i just said you know don't worry you'll you'll have a absolute blast because anyone who you know says even if they say awful things about wrestling and then you know they actually see it live they're like blown away about how much fun it actually is and how obscene what the guys and girls are doing, you know, in front of you, like literally, and you're standing right next to the ring. So they're, yeah. <laughs> you know, almost falling on you. Like I, I remember standing at the sides, like literally at the front and there's like Keith Lee bouncing off the 
You still there, friend? As he you know, approached that right in front of you, you're like bricking it because he's a absolute yeah. giant beast of a guy. And Large he's just man. about to fall on top of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, we always love uh, when we, we get to talk to the, the more casual kind of uh, fans, be it girlfriends or, or whatever, and, and just get their sort of recollections of the of, of the wrestling that, that we know and love. Yeah. And, and yeah, a similar story with uh, PWG and things like that. And, uh, yeah, probably Keith Lee, actually, a great example. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, I I wanted to first, uh, in in, uh, blowing all the smoke up your butt, I love (laughs) the the podcast artwork that you did for the Adam Bomb cover. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Incredible. I've I've got some mad love for Adam Bomb, you know, from the, the... Mid nineties yeah. nostalgia, and I think you you captured it perfectly. I also love the whole uh, halftone kind of um, thing. Fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, to be honest, it was, um, you know, coming coming from a design sort of thing. When we was, the, you know, when you're doing it for yourself as well, it becomes like so much more difficult. I think when you're trying to, because you know everything's open to you, and you're like, what do I want this to look like? which is what we were doing for the the pod. And um, like one of the other guys is a designer as well. So you're trying to like, make everyone happy. Um, <laughs> and I was like, just, yeah, just trying to come up with a brand look and sort of going very monotone originally was all just blue. Uh, so halftone, you know, is a great way to keep your monotone, but giving some interest so it's not just some line work. But mm. that's progressed further because now we're doing like the the overlay with it but yeah it's just it's just nice to I like doing different things I'm I'm someone that gets easily distracted shall we say <laughs> can relate and, and yeah, yeah I and might have a similar trait friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think that's why I landed on sort of being a designer and illustrator because I get to try many different sort of disciplines but I can sort of take on many different styles I've you know, probably a jack of all trades. Um, so I can sort of, you know, dip my toe in many different things. So I, I like, you know, this thing about being an illustrator and having a style mm-hmm. sort of like that is easily recognizable and is yours. And I've sort of, I've tried really hard to get that because I enjoy doing different things. So I try and do that, but at the same time, I still have that itch of, I want to, do something that looks a bit different yeah it's a funny <laughs> thing hey because you'll you'll either get people that are so broad to where the, their work just looks completely like a you know, different style almost looks like a complete different yeah. artist or you'll get people that get so pigeonholed into a, a specific style or even a specific subject matter for that style because that's what appeals to their their um their you know uh, whether it's their, their socials or, or whatever um, and, and you almost think like, oh my gosh, I would be so sick of doing the art if that was all I did. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. a fine line, but I think you've, you've sort of broached it well because you're right, it's, it's a very distinct style, but it can sort of lend itself uh, to, to a bunch of different stuff. So, yeah, very cool. Um, you, you mentioned so uh, as a, a, a both designer and illustrator, um, tell us a bit about your, your background. I mean, did you, uh, study art and then graphic design or, or how did, how did that go? Uh, well, well, I, um, 
yeah I mean I studied art all through sort of school and sixth form uh, and then uh, I wanted to do architecture at university um, but my A-levels which we do over here before uni I didn't get the points I needed so then I went on to do an art foundation because a portfolio would do that um, which it did and then I got into uni I did architecture um which was all right <laughs> but it wasn't my path yeah. um it was way too too much needing to do maths and work out thermal heat values for thermal heat loss and all stuff that <laughs> I really wasn't interested in that I just sounds wanted like to, a bunch of fun yeah I just wanted to be like Frank Gehry doing squiggles you know that turn into the um Guggenheim and Bilbao or something you know like I wanted to do <laughs> I love mental it. stuff with other people being the um the, you know the brains yeah <laughs> so um I, I sort of realized I didn't want to do that in my second year but I completed it because you know a degree was do. good to have yep um and then from there I went on to I, I sort of stopped doing any drawing and stuff at that point and I really wasn't into my art much at all which is weird because it's something I've always done since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I was trying to get into filmmaking. <laughs> so I, I did, um, I did little jobs. Like I worked at um, a cinema for a bit and then I moved to London and did some running at a post-production facility um, in Soho, which I lasted, I don't even know if I lasted three months for because they treated you like crap. And there was like, if you worked a year as a runner, like just basically taking digitized tapes from one location to another or rolls of film. Um, And so I was like, after a year, I could, you know, digitize tapes into the computer system. And I was like, that's not the sort of progression I want to do either. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, then I was happily well not happily uh, unemployed for ages um and trying to figure out what it was you know that I wanted to do and I literally did um a part-time design course like as a mature student which um which was really good because it had so many different disciplines that you you know can do so I could illustrate I could um you know do like design stuff and I could do you know punky looking stuff as well um which was cool and screen printing and all this stuff so sort of that piqued my interest um and then yeah and then I sort of just got a job from that which you know paid the bills and and it just seemed to fit Brett I was uh, just about to ask when the internet cut out uh, so how long in, in full was that, that part-time degree and, and kind of how, how intensive was it from a graphic design standpoint? Uh, well, it was, um, how long was it? You're asking now. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think it was two years, but I only did like one day a week. Right. Um, so because it was, you know, it was sort of like a mature student course, so you know, people have jobs or whatever else they're going on and they're trying to learn a new skill, mm. I guess. Um, as for intensive, it wasn't it wasn't that intensive, but for me, coming at it as a mature student, I put way much more effort into it than I ever had 
It's funny how that works, hey. Because, because, you know, education really is wasted on the young. (laughs) (laughs) While it's, well, it's not, obviously, but I just think, like, there's, there's this switch, you know, when you get a bit older that, like, you really invest and you think, you know, the more I put into this, the more I'm going to get out of it, which was totally the case. Yeah, I think uh, there's as well, you can actually see your investment a little bit more rather than, um, I know yeah. at least for myself, you know, when you're just a dumb kid, it's like, oh yeah, this is what I'm doing. You actually can't see the the real world, you know, dollar amount that's that's on that degree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you put a little bit more on it in that end. But uh, I mean, did yeah. you find while doing it, certain avenues of, of, of graphic design that you gravitated a bit more towards? I mean, did you find a bit of a reconnection to the illustration stuff you're talking about before? Uh, yeah, totally. So, I mean, I actually started to um, sort of, for me, I tried to put something in every one of my projects when I was doing it. It's like a bit of illustration because I I don't know, There's like there was something about design for me that when it has no sort of real life input into it when it's just digital it can get a bit cold yeah um and so even if it's just like you're scanning in bits of paper or you're you know scanning in tears or whatever it is you know if you start doing stuff you know in the real world for me and then you add it to those bits in the digital world it just has more depth yeah like hands-on tactile type of an experience yeah it's sort of this the stuff that i I enjoy much more myself as well. Like when I see design, you know, I, I like seeing that real input um, because I did start doing too much just digital and I just didn't like it. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of that. And so I guess as for avenues, yeah, for me, it's always been for me to be as creative as I could be. So I didn't want to be doing corporate brochures or you know like catalogs or stuff like that where I'm just organizing type and you know I, I mm. want to make a mess just as like it a were. soulless <laughs> mac monkey oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I've been there yeah. friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I've done I've yeah, I've done those jobs as well but luckily the places I've been I've that I did work I've been able to like one project you know would be like that but then the other project you're you know sat at a table with ink and paint and you're just making a mess awesome you know you're getting a potato print out and you're printing on bits of paper because you use it so oh man got a good balance that's the dream i think getting messy yes <laughs> yeah. so you you guys are both uh, a little bit even though i do t-shirt designs for some wrestling stuff i'm not as successful as my actual using my artistry i just doing all the digital crap how did you guys says the man that had like scott steiner's most successful t-shirt that was like um, (laughs) i photoshopped two pictures together like you guys know how (laughs) but how did you guys first start to like value your art was that hard for you guys like because it's basically like saying look at this thing i made this is how much i believe it's worth you guys have to pay me for that to get it (laughs) to me that whole process seems kind of strange uh how do you guys process that you too chris it's a tricky thing isn't it brett i mean to me at least there's a point where and i don't know if this is just me devaluing my art but there was a long time where i was like i can't imagine you know someone would actually pay me money for this and then yeah. <laughs> eventually they start to, and you're like, oh, oh boy, all right then. 
and then I guess you just have to put a certain uh, amount on it to in, in some – because, I mean, the amount of hours that you're putting into an art, artistic practice is it's never you're, – you're never really looking at it like, oh, you know, I better be earning so, so many dollars for every hour that I'm drawing. Per hour, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's more just, you know, something to a little bit justify what you're doing, I guess, as, as well as to put a, a certain bit of uh, value onto the, the work that you're doing. So I guess other people look at it that way as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what do you think, Brett? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, it's the same. Like for me, I think I I de- undervalue my work, and um, because you know I'm uh, what what's the what's the imposter syndrome? I think they call it, which most <laughs> yes. art- artists have. Yeah, hell <laughs> yeah, know? dude. Like someone's gonna know, find you, me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see, everyone doing this great stuff and you're just like i'm just you know doing this don't you know don't worry about me don't don't look over here um so like i've done a few sort of zine fairs and and i do everything you know all my drawing i do on paper so i'll do sketches and then i'll like you know um do it like ink over a light box and then it'll go into computer yeah uh for coloring and stuff um, so I end up, I've got like stacks and stacks and stacks of like original ink drawings. And I think I just like put loads, you know, in just that's whatever, you know, low price thinking no one's going to want any of these. Yeah. And, and, but some, you know, some people did buy them, but then when I was at one of them, like one of the other guys doing the stall there, you know, a bit more seasons came over and was like, well, you're selling originals sort of thing. And I was like, yeah, well, I've got, you know, I've got all these, they're just taking up space sort of thing. And he's like, well, and they're really cheap. You should be charging more sort of thing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously I am undervaluing it, but for me, I've got, you know, tons of it. <laughs> and I think yeah. no one's going to want it. I can see that. Yeah, completely. Cause I'm a, a bit similar where you, I'll always have some sort of uh, paper version of, of what I've done. And most of the time it's just a you know, to me, a, a piece of shit little quick quick drawing or whatever in a in a sketchbook that I've, I end up, end up scanning in. Um, but yeah, it's funny like how you can think, oh, it's just the it's just the shitty sketch, you know. And then the, the main art is once yeah. it's coloured and all that. Like, what what's this original thing actually worth? And then yeah, it's amazing sometimes. You're like people actually yeah, it's essentially uncolored copies of comic books. Like you know what I mean? It's basically the same thing: uncolored frames of ink yes. drawings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that you yeah, should you guys are inspiring of... me to get back on some paper, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've stepped away. Like, once I started doing T-shirt design and stuff and just essentially I have a tablet, which is a digital piece of paper. Like, I can throw away yeah. everything. And it's it's always there for me. And I've set one rate for my designs that I've never changed it. And now I'm thinking maybe that's oh, dumb. <laughs> well, it seems like, like I, the topic of conversation is undervaluing your work. So, maybe, yeah. maybe push that up a little bit, Jeremy. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I'm a bit I'm better when it's... I say, hey, guys, I know I've been charging you the set amount for such a long time, but now I'm increasing it. Uh, would you still continue to work with me? And I'm worried about people going to say, you know what? Now, there's this guy over here that's actually willing to do the same work for free because people fucking do that online. They're such marks for yeah. wrestlers. They want to do a free design. I'm not – and I'm a mark for wrestlers too. Don't, I'm not trying to get too <laughs> – but they just willing to offer their work up for free, and that devalues all of us as a whole. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I I was having that conversation with some friends just the other day, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, it's so so frustrating," because um, the thing is, like, 
for me doing stuff for wrestling is is quite new you know i've always loved wrestling but like it's only because of the riptide stuff and i've started to do some t-shirts because of recommendations from like josh at riptide yeah um and they've seen that work so they want you know this so um yeah it's it's new to me but i'm coming from a place where i know there's not loads of money in wrestling or there's not over here anyway especially you know on the independent scene so it's like for me to do some of it i have to sort of offer up a much lower price than i would my usual jobs yeah because i just wouldn't be doing it otherwise it's but true to a degree to a degree it's okay because it's stuff that you know i really enjoy doing and i can put it on a portfolio and it can boost the less um you know the work that doesn't impress people as much because there's like jobs that can you know have taken a lot of craft and stuff but it's for a corporate company or something people just aren't interested yeah and then you've got like a t-shirt for um you know uh, Aussie Open over here or something and suddenly Ooh. people are interested like they think that's cool so like nice name drop <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> there, there's there's a balance there sort of thing yeah um which i i can justify at the moment but if i was solely doing the wrestling stuff i couldn't i couldn't sort of pay the bills with it at all yeah. Um, yeah. but also initially it was really difficult to price because i know how much to charge corporate people but i don't at all know how much to charge those yeah, wrestlers are guys just trying to make a, you know, they're doing their, they're plying their trade as much as us, and then yeah. they're trying to travel back and forth, and then we're like trying to gouge them for, here's what I charge for a design. That's why I said it's so cheap. So I, I definitely do the same thing, just undervalue some of the art just because I'm trying to help people out, even make a product of their own. A t-shirt for a wrestler could make them so much money in the long run. Yeah, it's a funny thing, um, mm. like the way you look at wrestling pricing versus the way you look at real world pricing. Um, yeah, because yeah, you, you're exactly right. We we all know in in our various local wrestling scenes uh, that no matter what, unless you've got a, a worker who's signed to a, a big company making those big bucks, uh, that they're just grinding it out, um, and they don't have a heap of money to splash around. So it's it's really it's almost like we are working for less because we have more fun doing it because of this weird passion that we have for wrestling. Yeah. I guess that and we're all okay with that. we have for the guys. Yeah. And we, like, yeah. we just want to help them make a living, man. Like, they do so much for us. If I could work a little cheaper to help you make some extra bucks and you're taking these huge bumps for me, I, I feel like it's an appreciation to show respect. Yeah. I think on, on the other side as well, it's, you know, when you come from people that are commissioning work that are not used to commissioning work, and they don't know what illustration or design costs in sort of the the professional world of that sort of thing, you know, like you give them that cost and they're like, holy cow, you know. <laughs> yep, I've been part of a couple of those conversations before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 you know, it's almost like they think you're taking the piss, but you're not. It's like this is, you know. If, if I break it down by day or by hour, you know, this is what, you know, I usually charge sort of thing. And, you know, so, and this is how long it takes. Like, this isn't something that's really quick to do. Um, you know, it, it takes time. 
Yeah, that's... And especially, you know, if I, for me, for T-shirts as well, like, I love them and I don't ever want to put out something that's rubbish. So I will put so much more time in to make sure I'm happy with it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I guess a higher paying corporate client, if I'm not interested in the work, I'll do it in a lot less time. Yeah, they, they <laughs> yeah. might be saying, this is perfect. It's like, oh, really? That just whip that shit out. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, definitely tough to try to convince that amount of value of, uh, of what goes into something like for, for people that don't necessarily, um, you know, know. Uh, I mean, mm. I talk to Jeremy about this all the time, you know, and it's just like some people just, like and it, it's not a bad on them, you know. It's just like they can't see how much actual work goes into even simple things. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you don't know, you don't know, sort of thing. It's not a, it's not an insult to them or anything, you know. That that's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I had one wrestler say to me. Uh, she she said, "I'm not trying to be rude, but it looks like." You just threw some text on this picture that I gave you. Like, and a filter. Oh my god! Oh my god! I did so much more work than that. You don't even understand. I had to create this font. That's right here. This, this font doesn't exist. I made this. But yeah. <laughs> she's like, I could have yeah. got this done for free. I think. I'm like, you crazy. Uh, and I even was if livid, you did, I tried to. Yeah. Ugh. Even if you didn't create the font, you would have probably cycled through like 200 fonts they trying to the find the perfect way. font. Yeah. <laughs> this is She's fun. young. I will hold it against her. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those conversations where it's like I'm I'm so engaged because this is like our real niche, and I'm like I don't oh, know yeah. if this appeals to fucking anybody else. But no, I'm having honestly, a fun dude, time. I, I was thinking about it as we chatted, and I think people who are both into wrestling and art, especially you appreciate the three of us, would really engage in this kind of conversation. Yeah, it's fun because you not just... to toot our own horns. We're great. <laughs> you just talk about wrestling a lot, um, but it, it's really fun to sort of talk about the art side of it too. And I guess that's why I was, I was so stoked to have you on, Brett, because um, like I, I've I've gotten a bit into the podcast world of like lowbrow art. Um, there's some some pretty great stuff out there. Um, yeah, but, but there's there's such a great scene of like wrestling art out there now like just even on instagram like there's it's almost like its own kind of culture and and it's amazing like the the actual quality of of stuff that you're seeing um you know of of like wrestling shit when in another era it just would have been like you know fan art type of thing and i guess there's sort of a, a mixture between the fan art and that professional level anyway but yeah it's like it's wrestling art is almost like its own total little little bubble now um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to be able to discuss it a little bit, um, you know, on, on our, our show. Uh, but yeah. I guess one of the main things I, I kind of wanted to, to broach with you, you kind of brought it up a little bit about like that, um, wrestling, uh, wrestling work compared to like real life work and, you know, cause the passion and all that side of things. I mean, do you find with your stuff that you're, you're just doing, um, you know yourself out outside of client work do you find uh you'll you'll end up doing a bit more wrestling stuff or do you find yourself oh i probably do a little bit too much wrestling stuff i need to do just some some other <laughs> stuff outside of the wrestling bubble or are you cognizant of that that kind of like th- that branching thing 
Yeah, I'm, I totally. I am. Um, I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely in the. I need to do some non wrestling work for a bit so I can do some more wrestling work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple of that. Just a couple of jobs will keep me going for you know the more fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, if I could do, you know, stuff like this, you know, full time because there was more money in it, then I would, you know. Well, I say I would happily, you know, just focus on that, but then I'd probably, you know, something else would sparkle in the other direction, <laughs> and I'd get art for fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd get distracted and be like, <laughs> I want to do this now. <laughs> yeah. I love it. When did the um the the shirt design stuff really blow up? Because uh, I think even after I actually knew about your stuff, uh, so you know uh, Mark Davis, obviously uh, Aussie yes. Opens, Mark Davis, who did a fantastic uh, Dunkzilla Godzilla themed tee for him recently that I thought was bloody fantastic. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, yeah, Davis uh, put you over highly uh, when when uh, we chatted to him last. Um. But oh. yeah, I mean, when when did that that sort of more uh doing the the worker shirts kind of blow up for you? It seems like you've been doing more and more of late. Yeah. Um. I guess who did dive to first? I think I did um one for. Uh, a stable for Riptide, uh, Money versus Everybody, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know if you know of Spike Trevay, uh, Chris Ridgway, and um, Damon Moser, but that oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a um, uh, a sort of T-shirt that was supposed to be. It was very Riptide centric because they're a stable for Riptide. It was to take the a sticker that I'd done for Riptide and to turn it into like their thing so you know so it was rather than i think it was like the hang 10 hang loose hand thing which then became like a spike trevay's little pinky with lots of money around it so it was like them hijacking riptide um which sort of all the fans loved because they loved that stable uh, um and then uh yeah i guess i can't remember who was next but yeah it's just been like i get you know the odds uh, message on twitter from this person and that person and now because i've done a few i've you know got some great people um uh from like the riptide crowd that now tag me into to because wrestlers often you know tweet out that they're looking for new designers or new merch people so i get tagged in stuff that i've not seen um and then i get you know messages from that um so yeah i don't know it's i guess in the last six months maybe yeah yeah it's it's a lot of fun though and and you know it's difficult to be you know cool and grown up when mark davis of aussie open you know who are just like from the moment i first saw them at riptide just like these guys <laughs> are my new favorites isn't he <laughs> bloody know, lovely are. too yeah they are awesome and so like you know i was a massive fan and then he gets in touch and i'm like you know be a grown-up. <laughs> don't, don't, you know, don't be a weirdo fan. You're a grown man. Um, you know, obviously much older than Mark Davis as well. <laughs> That's also weird, too. Yeah, it's the same thing when I'm doing wrestling. Oh, I really, really respect this guy, and he's like 10 years younger than me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if you be really weird, then he won't want to work with you. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, cool. Yeah, no, that'd be great on uh, on Messenger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, do you find that the the process varies guy to guy in in terms of um, you know concept and and sort of working out a direction that's going to work for them, or you've by this stage kind of got like a bit of a yeah this this is how it works for me and generally how it goes pretty well for most of the guys. Uh, no, well, I get I get different things. I get um, some of the guys have very specific ideas of what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to try and sort of navigate that into something. Um, others, you know, um, I've got to, you know, sketch out a whole bunch of ideas, you know, quick sketches. I could do this. I could do that. Chuck them that. And then, you know, they'll say which one they want to try or you know go forward with mm-hmm. uh, so i've done that for a couple and you know ended up like loving most of them and saying oh we'll probably do a lot of these in the end but we'll start with these two <laughs> which is quite cool um and it's it's fun like it's i guess it's quite easy when you're given you know what they want you just have yeah. to you know make it look good um so that's like quite easy, but I I do enjoy the the more of a free reign approach sometimes as well because like um, Cara Noir is the guy that I definitely got a free reign approach with, and he's got such a I don't oh, know he's if you know, blowing up right now. Hey, yeah, such a unique is, gimmick. Yeah, he is awesome, absolutely awesome. Um, and he um he's yeah you because know, he's got such a unique gimmick, and you know he's got like this great sort of cultural feel to it you know like more classical the the ballet feel the theater and everything and and he sent me a bit of a like a mood board of like you know great sort oh my of, gosh that's oh, incredible a wrestler sent yeah. you a mood board for holy shit yeah I, I, <laughs> I got a pinterest board essentially of like um you know sort of euro deco design and stuff and i'm like yeah. yes because this you guy's know, got like, his I shit together. But <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't like like doing black t shirts. <laughs> I'm probably like the only wrestling fan that would probably always prefer, you know, a white or a lighter colour t shirt over a black t shirt. Hey, there's but a wrestling lot of people fans like that. Love black t shirts. Mm. I feel like it's <laughs> a, so, a more blown up market, hey, like people a bit of people that are kind of over just the, the, the black band shirt style wrestling shirt they want they want something a little yeah. bit more poppy hey <laughs> <laughs> so you're describing so, yeah. most of the designs i do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably really successful yeah. <laughs> and because they because that's what people you know people are after and i'm just the idiot that's like going but why don't we do this i know you're all wanting this but i want to do something else <laughs> and um but because also because of like his stuff, I really wanted to go into that, you know, style of design and what was the name of the guy? Carl Renoir. Cara Noir. Yeah. Noir. Okay. And um, okay. yeah, so it was just like getting to do a bit more like cut and paste of things and making it look this way and that way and getting like old school, sort of you know modern design in there was was really fun. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the show like, that was the result of it. I'm, I'm guessing came came out really, yes, really cool. Like a sort of more illustrative um, uh, wings uh, and just the overall. Yeah, I just love the um, the design. Quite different to to the rest of your stuff too, I guess, because it's yes, more yeah. like in line with with the, his his references and, and his very unique gimmick gimmick feel, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, you know, I wouldn't mind getting a few more of them. I, I think, um, you know, I think wrestlers in because of what they do, I think they're all very creatively minded people. So they have like these ideas of what they want, um, which is, you know, which is great. But I wouldn't mind a few more going, you know, sort of because I think people just think of maybe illustrators or designers as just the person, you know, the extension of my arm to draw what I think. Yeah. But, but, you know, most of my job and most of my time is coming up with an abundance of ideas. Mm. You know, it's not like the draw, like the, usually the idea part is, you know, takes ages and then the, the artworking part is the quick bit. Yeah. Which, yeah, I wouldn't mind being able to do a bit more of that. Definitely. Yeah. It, it's hard. I mean, you mentioned kind of either the the guys coming at you with a very specific thing in mind or being more open-ended. Um, mm. I guess both of those sometimes can be good. You know, if, if someone's got a very specific idea, it, it's great because that's that's what you're doing and there's going to be a bit less fluffing around. Um, yes. However, you know, a lot of the time, the more open-ended brief are the ones where you can just come up with something that, that uh, is just really fun. But, I mean, they can be dangerous as well because the open-ended ones can be like, all right, well, what about this? Uh, and so, oh, yeah. actually, no, that's a, that's 180 degrees away from what I was thinking. They <laughs> <laughs> put too much work in and they totally reject it? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no no specifics here. We don't want to bury anyone. But broadly speaking, do you have any... any uh, you know, examples yourself of where you really thought you were onto something great and then, uh, you know, maybe was not quite what they were after? Oh. Um. There's no, Chris. Everyone loves everything I everyone do. Everyone loves all yeah. I'm pretty shit. tremendous. I'm consistently <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Batting no, 100%. No, no, we accept I, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I haven't. I haven't experienced anyone be honest about whether they're happy with the end product or not. Uh, sometimes I'm not believing of them being happy, but that's probably because I'm not happy yeah. rather than them. Yeah. Um, and not that I think, you know, that it's been awful, but it's just like not what as good as I would have hoped maybe, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I had some guy send me the Lincoln Park logo, and he said, "I want you to make this exactly the same, but a little bit different." And I'm like, "There's only so much I can do to keep it the same, but change it slightly." And once I did, yeah. and I, he liked it, and he's like, "You know what? It kind of looks like it's the exact same, but you just did slight change." That's exactly what you asked, for. <laughs> like literally. And then the girl I was speaking of earlier. She paid for the design and everything. She didn't tell me she didn't like it. And then I reached out to her later, like, hey, you want to do another design? She's like, you know what? No, I didn't really. I, I hope you don't mind me being honest, but it looks like I could have got this done for free. I'm like, well, okay. So, yeah, I try not to go back and ask them how they feel about the art at this point. I, I don't want to hear the no or the yes either way. Yeah. I don't want to hear 
We're too fragile. We're artists. Yes. <laughs> please don't don't say anything about my ego. My heart, my heart. I put on the page. You just you find disgusting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, how about in in the the graphic design world then? So outside of wrestling, I mean, I guess I was a bit lucky because I would I would always get and I still do probably get too close to to my work and and um, you know put attach too much of myself into the work when even if it's for something else you know there needs to be a point of detachment uh whereas one of my um my my main um uh, design school lecturers was bloody brutal with feedback purposefully so um so that you know when you're out there in the real world and you you meet all of the the lovely clients that you ever will meet um you know i can hear anything from a client most of the time these days and it uh, it has nothing on that lecturer who he would make students cry <laughs> <laughs> but and and they would you know at the time they thought he was just the biggest piece of shit but looking back in, in the benefit of hindsight um i actually really am, am thankful for him in that way um i mean did you ever have any any sort of more graphic design world uh, clients to where either it's like oh boy uh, or like you just kind of step back and be like, "Hey, this this brief, this client is just not for me." Um, well, uh, yes, I mean, yes. Um, there's definitely been, you know, those jobs where you think you're getting it right, and then you're told to start over, or you know, they're really. I've had ones where you know you end up not finishing a job. They're the, not... they're the most heartbreaking ones to me, the ones yeah. where they just never get there. They are because, you know, they just need to tell you something, you know, just just talk to me and we'll get it so you're happy. Yeah. Because that, that's what I always want. Like, you know, I just want the people, you know, who are paying for the work just to be happy at the end of it. What it you know, we'll get there. Um, but, you know, I guess often people don't have the same vision, you know, as you have of something in progress. And sometimes when they want to see something early doors, you know, they get, um, they get the cold feet or they can't see it and they suddenly go, Oh, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. And you're like, but you wanted to see it too soon. And I said, it's not ready or, you know, whatever it is, but you know, you end up not finishing those jobs because of that. I mean, the, the worst stuff or the most, I guess heartbreaking I've had is like book cover stuff. So mm. at the agency I was with, um, they did, um, you know, a bunch of book covers and we'd all sort of in the studio end up like, you know, coming up with designs. So we're sort of in one way competing with each other as well as then like getting it to the client yeah. and there'd be s stuff that like, you know, I'd end up. And in that, and at that time I'd be like working, you know, all hours at home at night as well, trying to get something right because it wasn't while I was still at work, you know, when it was over my shoulder. So I had to, you know, I didn't want something to not be presented. So, you know, I had a couple where I'd do something and I absolutely loved what I'd done and it just never even got to the client, oh. <laughs> let alone, you know, and then I just end up like being told to do something else, which was really like, you know, lame. Oh. In fact, in, in, in my last agency, there was a lot of, um, and it didn't just happen to me, it happened to everyone. So it was just their, their ethos. Whereas like, if they didn't think you were getting it, they took you off a job and put someone else on. Oh man. So I, which vicious. is, which is pretty soul destroying and vicious, <laughs> but you know, I saw it happening to other people and I got put onto 
jobs where I thought other people were doing all right and they were going to get there, but they were taken off it and I was then put on it, you know, sort of. And it was just like, either way, it's just like, oh, heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I can relate. One of my uh, last in-house positions was the same. You'd, you'd sort of have different, the, the fun jobs. When the fun jobs would come in, everyone would want the fun job. And so then yes. the, we'd do the big, uh, the big uh, meeting on it, everyone would get the brief. And that's like, all right, we'll, we'll go come back uh, in a week or two and, and we'll see what everyone's got to see who the, is then going to be taking the job or, or, you know, a couple of the designers who are going to be taking the job from that yeah. point. And, yeah, you can you can get some stuff where it's like, this is, just, this is really fun. I feel like it, it's actually right for the client as well. Um, I, I'm just really happy with this. And then the, you know, the um, manager or whatever who's in, in charge of the, the brief is just like, no. And they just see it a different way, and it's yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> I just want to cry sometimes. You'd get a week or two on it, yeah. <laughs> um, it'd vary. You Surely know, some not. of them. Might... <laughs> well, that's in addition to like you know the, the eight other jobs that you got at the same time. Aren't they so yeah, yeah, rush yeah. juggle? When you guys are working in like a studio like that, isn't like rush jobs typically like something they want you to bang out really quick. Yeah, it'd yeah, vary. I... Yeah, we always had to come back like. And I, like you say, you know, you are you are doing like eight jobs on your plate at a time. But yeah, with ever stuff like that, we'd usually have like a day or two max to come back with stuff. It was like constant. You had to work fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which which is even more like difficult, I guess, in that, you know, coming up with ideas and then creating visuals from that in that space of time. Like for me, I always I would love like. I think with most jobs if there's more time brilliant brilliant i don't need that time to do the actual job but i just want say that those first few days just for it to percolate in my mind so that those ideas can come forward yeah because when you're doing it straight away like i don't ever think they're your best ideas never but they're your first ones agreed yeah. you got to let it let it mull a bit you know when you when you're walking the yeah. dog and you're thinking about the 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 job that's when it sort of gets a, a bit more clever i think yeah, you get that light bulb and you go suddenly like, you know, when it's been there for a couple of days in your mind, the light bulb goes and that's what I need to do, which yeah. is ideal. <laughs> yeah, I've had set ideas in place and that I was like, well, let me just try this one thing that's slightly tweak this and I'll like it so much better. And the de design will go into entirely different direction and I'll end up liking it a lot more that way. But yeah, sometimes you just got to mow it over, even just have the page in front of you and dink around with things. And all of a sudden, just, oh, here, this is what. I've been missing the entire time. Mm. And and have some yeah, time definitely. away from it too. You know, a lot of the time mm -hmm. you can just be too close, but then you have to take a break, get away from it, do some other stuff, and then when you come back at it with, with fresh eyes, uh, you can, you know, that's, that's where it kind of gets a bit cooler. Um, yep. How about this one, Brett? Uh, you mentioned about, like, in, in some of these um, – the agencies about the the very short um timelines and all that um obviously you have a lot more freedom to to do stuff how you want uh with these different um illustrative commissions and that do you yeah. find you work well under pressure or, or do you find that there's when it's up to you and, and you have that freedom um i don't know about you but to me when i have too much freedom i can be a bit of a fuck about so <laughs> I don't know. How are you with those two things? Or is just freedom great? Yeah. Um, oh, it's a balance, I guess, isn't it? I, I Time constraints are definitely better because I yep. will get distracted. And, and 
all in all, you know, I will probably end up rushing, you know, it under pressure in the end anyway. <laughs> so even when I've got time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think definitely that. I, 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 I do work well under pressure. Um, I'm used to, I think from the places I've worked, I'm used to having to get, you know, finished things done in short spaces of time. So I get sort of used to that. And I have this, you know, head down mentality when it gets like that. If yeah. I if I do have time, I will get distracted. I will, you know, be doing my work and I'll be watching, you know, NXT on my computer. <laughs> I, 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 will I can't actually watch that. wrestling as the secondary thing. I'll listen to a million podcasts <laughs> and music and whatever. But at, at least to me, if, if wrestling's on, I am completely distracted of, of whatever oh, it is. Really? And, yeah, that's where my eyes go. Yeah. If 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 I'm if I'm busy, then it's on, and I don't really notice what's happened. Yeah. A couple of things, but not much. When I'm not so busy and it's on, I've practically watched the whole show, and you know, <laughs> then then it's like that's when the distraction comes in. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it, it's funny with the um, like it, people think this is like bizarre, but to me, when you had those really tight jobs and crazy deadlines, like in-house studio stuff or, or whatever it might be, it's almost like it becomes a, a weirdly fun challenge to try to get the thing done within this insane window. And when you do, it's just, it feels so bloody good. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's, Although for me it was more like it's done, it's out, relax. That, yeah, that was the feel good that too. part. <laughs> like it's off your desk. <laughs> yes, there's yeah. another job ticked off. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so I've this has been great, man. I've I've really enjoyed uh, this talk and the art stuff. I'd love to have you on uh, uh, again sometime down the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, thank you so much. I did, however, want to ask you. We've talked a lot of the art art world. We we'll talk a bit about you uh, first uh, getting into the wrestling work, but in terms of the actual wrestling, uh, what do you like? What what really does it for you in in the world of uh, of wrestling today or old stuff or, or what? What just Ooh. is like this is me. This is my happy you place. You a deathmatch guy? No, no. So I I I really <laughs> appreciate death matches, but I I am not. <laughs> I'm not a blood and gore guy, so <laughs> you sound just like Jeremy. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like I, I saw one at um, uh, Progress, uh, their Wembley show. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a big show, and uh, was it Jimmy Havoc and Paul Robinson? That, oh, yeah, my I mind think, is terrible. I feel that sounds about right. They brought back yeah, that, that feud from, like, from forever ago. There was some, yeah. Grim, like afterwards, I was like, that was great, but it was some grim. No, for me, it's um, like Zack Sabre Jr. I love the technical yes. wrestling, Same. I love the submission holds, the transitions, you know, like lots of transitions, this into that, into that. I just mm. love all that stuff. Yeah, so, subtleties, I, yeah. I never used to be so I sort of really dipped out a bit in the attitude era because um it became a lot more strikey you know like lot there was lots of you know like the rock throwing the punch you know it was all razzle dazzle with the punch like but it was a lot top. of yeah just lots of like strikes like that which i didn't love so much because i'm a massive brett the hitman heart fan that oh, was like same. that was my first you know wrestling 
idol love and i still so think one of my what... favorite matches of all time was brett nolan at mania 10 to me i watched that and i'm just like oh, that is just a, a perfect wrestling match yeah uh, yeah totally and so that's why zach sable jr is my current like absolute love i do appreciate the more striking game these days because i think it's evolved <laughs> i think um, it's a lot better than I... it was in the late 90s oh it's totally <laughs> i mean i like the the, the best matches i've seen live now and actually like probably because i saw them live but the best matches i've experienced were both like speedball mike bailey matches um, so good one was one was versus car noir at riptide and the other was against walter oh Ooh. man oh that's one where the walter brutalizes chest yeah yeah uh, and and you know um like Mike Bailey's with the kicks, you know, mm. and each one of them, especially when you see it live, I think that's also different to that, enjoying that part. Um, but like, you know, thunders through the guy's chest sort of thing. And then, and then Walter, yeah, just straight up killing people with a child. Yeah, yeah we, just... we love us and Walter. On our last podcast, we were just <laughs> bloody jerking him off the whole time. So great. <laughs> uh, I think you dig two guys up here from uh, Northwest scene, Daniel Maccabe and uh, Artemis Spencer. They're both Canadian guys, but they work a lot down here in Washington. So, But they are exactly your cup of tea. Very uh, move-oriented from what – a lot of transition from one hole to another. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah, it's just, it just is awesome to watch. Another guy uh, from that, that sort of L.A. scene that I'm really starting to like the more I see him. Have you seen much of uh, Tyler Bateman? Oh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, he's very uh, similar in terms of the technical game, but also uh, really uh, cool um, dynamic strikes as well. Yeah, he's been one of those sort of more recent um, blow-up PWG guys who I uh, I hope he, he gets a, a trip over there to the UK scene sometime soon. I think he'd do great if he did. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, you guys are so lucky over there. It's like... Such a great scene. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot it's, of a lot of talk of you know the the scene being depleted and that, but um, like there's there's still so much great stuff, and I feel like Riptide is a, a a perfect example of like there's all this other craziness going on on the peripherals, but like Riptide's mm. probably still at, at their at their the top of their game. I mean, they just feel so so fresh and and fun. Yeah, totally. I mean, Josh Josh is um you know he coming from a very different background i guess and and he wants like you know we said earlier he wants more than just the wrestling fans to come to their shows yeah like i think and and when you know they put the shows on it's you know they they do have everything so you have and i i mean i'm not totally experienced in lots of indie wrestling i you know wwe's been the thing that i've watched always um then i watched tna for a while in the aj styles um you know jay lethal sort of era mm-hmm. and then they went totally awful um but it was only like they're actually of gotten pretty good recently we were just talking about how since uh, yeah. don Callis took back took over they've, they've had some good quality stuff but apparently no one's watching <laughs> that's the only issue no, I, I haven't watched <laughs> there's too much now though that's the problem oh, yeah. isn't it? 100 it's just like massive oversaturation if you're watching japan and you're watching wwe and you're watching your local stuff it's just like i have you know i have no more time or brain exactly. space yeah. um but yeah i've only been watching sort of the indie scene i guess it might be like two years now um 
But yeah, it pretty much like started with Riptide Start. And that was because they got British Strong Style. Because I think I was watching a bit of progress just before that. And then they got British Strong Style to their second show. Yep. And I was like, I have to go. And the weird thing is, I didn't go to their first show. Like, I'm not a drinker or I'm a very, you know, probably like many wrestling fans. You know, I'm I'm a bit nerdy. I'd, I'd sort of, you know, stick at home and watch TV series and stuff like that. And their first show was advertised as like there's live bands, there's, you know, like loads of drinking, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't really sound fun to me. But then the second show was like British Strong Stars. So I was like, I've got to go. Tried to get my friends, but they all couldn't. So I went with the wife. And it was totally not what I was expecting compared to like their first poster yeah. of like what they're <laughs> advertising. It was really chilled and there was really like, you know, such a mixed audience. Um, and I've loved it since then. So yeah, like there's there's lots of people I've been learning about in the like the last year on mm. the indie scene. And lots of stuff I've been starting to watch when I when I have the space. Yeah, it's such an exciting time. There's so much stuff going on, so much different kind of stuff. It's just really there's something out there for all sorts. Um, do you have any any like real guilty pleasures when it comes to the wrestling? Because I'll I'll probably like I really love the scientific, more technical stuff. I'll, I'll watch like. UWF from 1984 and it's really obscure shit for just like grappling grappling you know wrestling that looks real but has like uh, emotion and everything to it and I'll, I'll happily put my name to that because um, I love it or like you know Zack Sabre Jr or you know Top Flight New Japan or All Japan Noah kind of stuff um, but yeah. then I have like just the, the the shitty wrestling that just like just gets me in all of the in, enjoyment kind of places like uh, probably the the best shitty wrestling that I love is like '90s FMW, like the explosion death matches and Onita and <laughs> Tanaka and Leatherface and all of that craziness. Mike, awesome. Uh, do you have anything that you're like? Oh, I know it's not the best, but I just love it. Uh, I guess. Um, well, I, I two things. You know, I, I more. Definitely more up to date is um, WWE's Mixed Match Challenge. Oh, oh like, man! You know, I wish for. I mean, I do wish they'd let the the men and the women wrestle each other within it more yeah. rather than this whole rotate out. But it's been so much fun. Like the fun that the wrestlers have and the the sort of comedy and the just you know letting their personality shine a bit more. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It is quite refreshing. I watched one uh, just on a whim one day with some mates. And, uh, you know, while the the majority of it wasn't my cup of tea necessarily, I did really, the thing that stood out to me was just how much it looked like the guys were having fun. You know, I'm assuming with, you know, all of the big crazy pressure of the TV tapings and and all that, uh, the overproduction that they're used to, this might be one Mm. of those moments they can just go out there and, and, you know, pressure's off and just have a bit of silly fun. Yeah. I yeah, love they... the silliness in wrestling. Like Carmella yes. and R Truth combined is so funny. <laughs> the dance breaks are so dumb, but I I love it because it's uh, fucking fun and quirky. <laughs> that's exactly where I was going to go next. Uh, like the more R Truth I can see on WWE, <laughs> the better. Like, My bad, y'all. <laughs> there's 
such a comedic talent when he when he had his um invisible mate little jimmy like oh yes i absolutely loved all that um co- comedy and wrestling i guess is one of the things like because i you know no not everybody loves it but i absolutely like you know really really enjoy the fun side of those things um my other part i guess is um is the local sort of kids wrestling show so like in thing is premier promotions they've been going since like world of the original world of sport oh, days, man. I, I remember watching some stuff from theirs back in the day probably on like a you know best of colt cabana dvd from the early 2000s <laughs> or something and i re- always remember they had the tiny ring and they were one of the only yeah. ones that i saw that was still doing the rounds matches because uh, I, I loved, yes. you know, World of Sport back in the day. And it yeah. it, it was so great. Like uh, Johnny Kidd, uh, I think Johnny Kidd was still just, just killing it. You know, it was probably was a, a bit long in the tooth by, by that point, a little bit <laughs> yeah. past his prime. But still, like, it was just so refreshing and different to anything else you'd see. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think, like, Doug Williams maybe was still there at that point. But, but yeah, they were great. But yeah. I honestly haven't watched any premier promotions since, like, maybe – 2004 or something like uh, that i mean how, how have they yeah. kind of changed over the years I, they haven't awesome <laughs> <laughs> which is why i love it like, I, there's, uh, there's a little guy uh, called john Fremantle who it's his thing and all the people involved i think are the same people you know setting up the shows um i think there's a lot of wrestlers that have a lot of love for it because when there wasn't a scene they were there and giving them, you know, jobs, like giving them, you know, somewhere to wrestle. So um, you still get like, you know, Mark Haskins turning up. Doug Williams was still turning up even after his progress retirement, but then he was sort of on a retirement tour. <laughs> um, and Wrestling, it's just, man. yeah, <laughs> but it's like, it's, you know, it's in a really small show. He comes like the, the John Fremantle guy at the start of the show, he comes out to the final countdown. Like it's just so amazingly kitsch. It's I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. And and the kid, you know, you get obviously little kids there, which you don't get at the other shows. And like you know, they're ripping their tops off and like like trying to you know flex <laughs> by the <laughs> ring. Like they're just going nuts. You know, kids just go nuts because it's wrestling. <laughs> and they're seeing it right there. Like that—that's the one thing you don't get at the the more grown-up shows—is just seeing the pure sort of glee and and like believing in everything that's going on. Yeah. Did you ever go to like a I don't know whether growing up or whatnot? Um, the the camp shows were, were a big thing for you, or you'd go out to the what was it the the beach that you guys have where they'd have the fair and then the, the wrestling on like six million times per day. Oh. I don't know. I mean, uh, like it's it was kind of an institution. Uh, I know, like a lot of the wrestlers, like your Colt Cabanas and Chris Heroes and Danielson, were like they'd, they'd go over to the UK yeah. and then they get these. It must be Chris to know more about your local scene than you. Yes, totally. <laughs> I, I was just WWE back then, or WWF, should I say? Um, yeah, no, it was probably Butlins. Yeah, Butlins. Probably yeah, Butlins. then the Butlins more family shows. I talked yeah. to a lot of guys about those. Uh, so did you ever see any of those or not so much? No, I, I frequented Butlins as a kid because it's the, the Bognor one's like just down the road from us. But we went for day passes to use all their, you know, fun rides and stuff. Um, 
but no I, I i didn't see wrestling until i was an adult shameless right. really isn't it <laughs> i don't think i discovered it till i was maybe uh at the last last year of primary school so that probably would have been 11 or 12 years old <laughs> when it finally came on tv over here with our wwf superstars towards the end of 1998 yes. Uh, but yeah, before that, I, I didn't even know it, short of maybe seeing uh, Yokozuna versus um, versus bloody Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I, I remember oh, seeing that completely out <laughs> of any any semblance of like knowing what it was, and I was just like, "What in the world is this sport where this giant sumo is wrestling a patriotic American man with a piece of wood?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I was definitely watching, I think late 80s was when I started seeing it uh, on RTV, which was, yeah, the the guys, it was, there's so much colour and so much flamboyance, wasn't it? It was just oh, so yeah. over the top, it gripped like, me. What the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> See these gigantic characters like, what is the, go- what's going on here? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was so enamoured immediately, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know what this is, character. but I love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, to- it totally seeped into my consciousness, definitely, because even like, you know, when I draw like those guys, I, you know, draw, I draw like big, you know, over the top, muscly yeah. wrestlers. You got those guys, those veins. You know, veins popping everything. Yeah. <laughs> so vascular. <That's> like, totally. <laughs> who's that uh, on the poster for the Blackwater? I think was uh, the guy who's like, his one eye is bugging out. I think I saw like a, some flash for tattoo work for that particular drawing. Who is that guy? Oh, that the the zombie guy. That was Chuck. Yeah. Manor. Okay. That. Yeah. I, with the I eye. love that drawing. I, I need more wrestling <laughs> tattoos. I have no idea who that guy is, but I would get that shit tattooed. <laughs> oh, he's like Mr. Riptide, yeah. right? Chuck Mambo. Oh, yeah. He is Mr. Riptide. That's the awesome. He's so uh, yeah. He's <laughs> the thing is like you know the that, name is already big... amazing. There's a big beef with um, beach balls in wrestling, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's it's not a love thing. But then Chuck Mambo, you know, every time he's at Riptide, loads of beach balls get thrown out and everyone's kicking them all over the place. And like every time he, they're all flying all over the place and bouncing in the ring and he's up on the top turnbuckle and then he jumps backwards down. And I think one day... He's going to land on one of those and totally screw his ankle. <laughs> what a way to go. He hasn't done it yet, though. He hasn't done it yet. It would be kind of appropriate as an end to his career if that was to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Taken up by a beach ball. Yeah. <laughs> Went out doing what he loves. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely that fun fun party thing to, to those shows. Those are yeah. my favorite kind of shows. Like, that's what we have at 3 two, one It's like... A good wrestling show, but also just a fucking good time. Everyone's enjoying themselves, laughing, playing along. Like, you know, it's essentially improv, but the crowd's actually playing along too. It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and like, fully pantomime, which wrestling has always been, you know. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves booing the heels. <laughs> yep. Giving the heels shit, getting their, their own internal resentments out because they may have had a yes, bad yes. bad week at work tell but him he's they a can... piece of shit so he knows he's doing his job right you're a <laughs> fucking piece of shit thanks yeah. dude I appreciate that <laughs> lovely do you still watch much of the, the older wrestling I mean I see a lot of your, your stuff as those throwbacks to that sort of 80s nostalgia that you were talking about do you, do you watch much of that anymore or is it all still just coming out of that 
that um, sort of youth nostalgia that you had from back in the day? A lot of it is um, use. I do. I do go back and watch um, some from time to time. Not, not often. It's just you know, like it's like reading books. Like I'm never someone that will go back and read a book a second time because yep. there's just too many books. Same. <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> too many unread books, and re- like I have gone back and seen, you know, watched old stuff again, um, but not as much because there's too much great wrestling to see. Yeah. But also, if I'm fair, I love you know again the kitsch and the flat uh, over the top aspect of the old school stuff so that's always fun to watch but actually when you go back and watch some of it it wasn't as great as what your childhood mind thought it was well it's either one (laughs) way or the other right like you'll either have certain stuff to where primarily like if i watch any wwf stuff from the attitude era for example i'm like oh my gosh this was trash uh but then I'll, i'll watch a lot of your uh 80s um 80s wwf stuff or even some of the early 90s yeah. stuff and i'll i'll just be like wowed in a complete different way by like how good certain things that the guys do is and like Hell how much yes. of it you don't see it at all today yeah. like even a guy like like uh, another uh, artwork of yours that i'm going to put over like crazy this um <laughs> big boss man i fought the law and the law one yes. piece so much fun um but like boss I man that one and the adam bomb one Boss Man's a guy that, like, you look back at now and and you watch his stuff from that time and there's little things that he did where it's like, holy shit, Boss Man was great. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, another one, another great piece that you had there. Um, And we were just talking in the last episode about how bloody underrated Sergeant Slaughter was. Yeah. I think as a kid, too, the heels, because they they were bad guys, we weren't necessarily – you know, looking at what they were doing, so we didn't realize how actually proficient they were actually being wrestlers. Yeah, like, million dollar man, <laughs> he's so like so smooth and so good. Like his oh, punches yeah. are so good. Like as a kid, I didn't realize how awesome he was because I just thought he was a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Obviously, this was someone that was massively over. It was just he would just never was with me. Um, was Ric Flair because you know he was an old guy when I was watching it the first originally. Like compared to the other guys, he was the old guy. I wasn't interested because he wasn't as bright. You know, he wasn't wearing pink or like <laughs> neon colours. But um, we we did um, we reviewed an old. Um, oh, I'm totally going to fail at what show it was now. I think it might have been a WCW one. Um, but like, I never really appreciated him. And then just watching it back, and like everything he did oh. was just like it was on point everything there wasn't a movement that wasn't to his character to what he was selling in that thing like you know just rubbing the thumb along his trunks and like his every time in that match like when he was going from outside the ring to inside he just slowly go up the steps he wouldn't like jump in i'm going to use the steps like i'm rick flair you know it was just yeah 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 100 stuff like that and yeah that was that sort of not realizing that guy was actually awesome and yeah. yes he was it's just a pleasure to take that stuff in another guy similar almost exactly what you said about rick flair that i never really appreciated back in the day but then i watch more of him now tully blanchard like every little thing that he does in that that ring is for a reason and just exudes being the heat magnet that he was i'm um, even even into the, the stuff with arn as the the brain busters in the wwf run just such mm. an underrated guy that I completely re- recommend everyone, everyone watch a whole bunch of Tully. 
And now his daughter <laughs> is like incredible, right? Have you seen much Tessa Blanchard? Yes. Yeah, um, I've not seen loads, but obviously, um, the first May Young Classic she was in, wasn't she? I think so, yeah. I'm not making that up. My my mind is a sieve, so I might be totally making it up. And you've maybe got she was in the second one. Remember everything, and they're like, uh, "No, she was never." <laughs> you're wrong. Um, yeah, for yes, every podcast people are listening to, there's someone in the crowd yelling, "No, it was this." <laughs> we we get corrected so often on our podcast through yeah. Twitter. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> we don't claim to be experts, so no one ever tries to correct us. <laughs> I normally will correct myself. I'll know I said something really dumb, and then I'll come back five minutes later, and I'm like, guys, I'm an idiot. I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I do I do remember um, seeing her. I'm sure it was in one of those tournaments, and just thought, yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, the stuff that I've seen there, there was on so the indies awesome. and, and even in uh, TNA at the moment. Impact, sorry. Uh, yeah, I saw this awesome so clip great. of Tully and uh, at the aforementioned boss man, where Tully did a, one of those uh, suplexes where you bounce him off the top rope. Yeah, like yeah, he's finished thing. the springboard. But he did it to, bo- to boss man, who was fucking enormous. <laughs> yeah, but he was still like fucking Ray Trailer. It's like, wow, this guy's good, and the fact that boss man can move like that also boss man could get up. That's off to him. Like that was one yeah, of the first things. Yeah, he was like, yeah. his hand on the arm move. perfectly. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he was a lunatic as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Certainly, like through the attitude area, like watching some of the stuff his characters did, then it was, uh, yeah, crazy. Tim Dragon, <laughs> Big Show's dead father through a cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Eating Al Snow's dog. Oh, God. Or feeding Al Snow's dog to him. What was it? Peppy? Yes, yeah, it Pepper. 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 Oh, poor Pepper. Yeah, it was Pepper Steak, remember? Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, to... awesome. This has been a really fun chat, guys. Thank you so much. Um, there too. I, I do kind of want to wind things up a little bit. We've been going a, a little while here, but <laughs> I, I did want to ask you about your your average day. I always find this interesting when I'm talking to artists because um, you know so many of us have just little different quirks and things like that. If if you have your average day to where it's like, all right, this is a day where I'm going to get to do a, a bunch of my, you know, your passion stuff or or a bit more illustration work. Maybe you're going to get yeah. to get to some worker commissions or something. Um, how how was that day, start to finish, looking for you? Oh, um, well, once I guess actually get to to the workstation, I usually. So do you have spend... a, a home office or or like an actual studio yes. space? No, I have a home office. Um, nice. I uh, I drive my wife to work first in the morning, so so I get out of the house and then I get back to the house and then I sit down. I, once I've you know grabbed my coffee and everything else, got to get caffeine um, up. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and then I usually spend too much time trying to find something to put on in the background. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can spend what, like what an I... hour just curating what my music is going to be and and you know going down the wormhole of different albums and stuff. So, yep, I feel you there. Yeah. And then, um, and so once I've got that, and I, I, Twitter as well, get my Twitter, my social media out of the way, especially with politics at the moment, I spend, you know, too much, <laughs> like, shaking my head at the world. Um, <laughs> what, what news happened today? Oh, no, I can't. Then, then once I'm really stressed, <laughs> <laughs> all nice I, and stressed and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, um, 
then I, 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 I'm really bad in that I don't have any regular, like, I wish I did do like 20 minute warm ups and stuff like that, that I see illustrators do. Yeah. I don't do any of the sort of like proper routine stuff. I literally just write, I'll, you know, if I'm sketching something, you know, I'll probably just, once something's playing, I'll find some good reference for what I need to do because I'm not, you know, I need reference when I'm drawing something. I can't yeah, draw same. a body or a figure in the right way without seeing it, you know, Agreed. in front of me. I did a board game the other day where you had to draw things just off the top of your head in a strict time limit. I tried to draw a yeah. horse and I couldn't even <laughs> remember what a bloody horse looked like. The person ended up guessing dragon horse question mark. <laughs> it's bizarre yeah. when you don't yeah. have a reference sometimes. Holy I, shit, you guys, Walter just retweeted me. <laughs> I, I posted a picture of him from uh, Access or whatever with him and Carmella, and I voted, this oh, yeah, picture is that. fantastic. These two people do the same career. And, he's, <laughs> and he responded with it, I'm not a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Maybe he remembers Sorry. you from The Gift. I, no, <laughs> my face is not on my Twitter. All right, let's let's get back to it. What, what's next? I apologize. You're right. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so yeah, once I got the ref, then I will literally just I will pencil out what I'm doing, and then I will go straight into inks. I'm quite quick working once I get like you know once I know what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, then I will depending on what I will probably you know do a few drawings in the day, but I will definitely get up. At 11, think, oh, I'm getting hungry. Make a cup of tea. Uh, I'll have a snack. I'll have a biscuit. And I'm right by my kitchen, which is terrible. So, <laughs> you know, then I'll do a, another the hour. Then it's like, then it's 12. And I'm like, oh, it's getting to lunch now. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'll go make some lunch and then I'll sit down. You know, and then I will get on back onto my drawing. And then, you know, four o'clock probably get a bit thirsty for another couple of cup of tea <laughs> there's a lot of procrastinating and then a sketching in between but yeah but I will the thing with the way I work is I like I don't like to spend like I don't like to rush work out but I don't enjoy spending ages on one thing yeah so and because I'm quite quick I will do the pencils you know I'll be happy with it I'll ink it straight into the computer get it colored and it's done then i'm on to the next thing i I feel that i get that buzz from when it's done Mm. you know when i've got that piece done so i i probably you know i could either spend a day on one piece or do you know two or three or i might just sketch stuff out and then ink it the next day yeah now are you a guy like myself where you, you sometimes don't know when to stop and you can keep going on it keep going on it and it's, it's, yeah <laughs> it's hard yeah it is it's it's i've i managed to get away with that because you know i have to then go out and pick my wife up from work yeah and then i'm usually the one making dinner so there's there's you know life things that force me to stop but there there are you know jobs and things and when i have no time i will get back to work and and sometimes you know i will continue working until two or three in the morning and it and it is easy to do when you're at home because it doesn't feel like the nightmare it was when you were working in agency yeah and it's like why am i still in the office this late at night this is terrible yeah but because you're at home and you've got your 
your home comforts you know you can as i say make yourself a cup of tea and have something playing on the background you can you can go for hours into the night and when you feel like you're enjoying yourself with it too like sometimes you're just like oh this is actually fun in a weird way i mean i guess you'd hope it would be some sort of fun with the amount of time that you spend doing it (laughs) well yeah i and the thing is i really enjoy the sketching and the inking process yeah the coloring not so much the coloring part you know i don't I don't hate it, but you know, I just I prefer the oh, it's finished part. But yeah, just the sitting with a pencil in my hands and you know using my hands like that—that's what mm. I really enjoy. Yeah, I can relate to that. I got a lot of sketches. I have way more fun sketches. So I've got heaps and heaps of sketches with the intention of coloring them at some point. <laughs> and I yeah. just have to come back <laughs> to them. Got stuff from like years ago that I just never got around to coloring. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got those those same stacks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this has been great, man. Uh, yeah, well, thank you again so much. Really enjoyed this chat. Um, and I mean, uh, do you have any anything you'd, you'd like to to plug? Or if we do have, you know, everyone make sure to most definitely uh, check uh, this this gentleman out on the on the Instagram. Um, we've we've been talking quite at length about uh, the, the great content on there. Uh, make sure to check out at EWF81 for Mr. Brett Jones. And uh, what else would you like to like to plug, sir? Oh, I mean, you, that's... Want you can just plug things that you like. That you cool want shit to check is out. also good. We, we like yeah. people find a great <laughs> 80s television show. If you want to plug that, go. Yeah, man. <laughs> television show. Oh, I watch so much. I watch so much embarrassing stuff. you know like i'll watch um like castle you know like i don't know if you know of that yeah Um, nathan fillion like you know crime writing police thing i did i watched so much stuff like that when you said the castle i thought you were referring to the iconic 80 uh 90s australian film the castle no, if you don't know what that is, please go on YouTube and at the very least check out the trailer. That's Chris's plug. Check yeah, out the, castle. the castle. That's that's my cool shit for the day, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, I'll plug, uh, if anyone isn't, you know, totally tired of listening to blokes talk about wrestling, uh, there's Hardest Part of the Ring, <laughs> which they can check out. Um, and, yeah, uh, I'm watching Tin Star at the moment. Do you guys know that program? I have no, no idea what that is. Uh, oh, well, it's on Now TV, which I guess is Sky. It might be Sky Atlantic, so it might be on HBO or something like that. Oh, it's yeah. uh, Tim 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 Roth of. Um, oh, I love Fiction. Tim Roth. Um, yeah. yeah, and he's um, like a sheriff in some Canada town, but he's like Tim Roth is amazing to watch. Wait, that sounds incredible. Yeah, and he he is just a total lunatic. And everything in this show is really quite serious and, you know, real drama. But he is just, like, going at it as, like, really funny. <laughs> like, he's really funny. It's not sort of totally intentional. It fits his character. It doesn't fit out. But it's just, like, his character's living in a different world to everyone else in that, in that you know, awful place where shit's happening. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds, sounds incredible. Great. Yeah, I'm actually definitely going to yeah. check that out. I, I really hope that's on um, HBO now. I'm going to have a have a little bit of a look see. Yeah, two series. So yeah, there's not too much to get through. Awesome. 
Awesome. <laughs> I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. Lovely. All right. Well, thank you again. Uh, lots of fun. Yeah, love to, to catch up with you again uh, down the road sometime, man. Uh, also, want to give uh, oh, thanks thank to our uh, our show platform, the, the lovely people at Social Suplex, who I just happened to forget completely to plug last episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't even do that. It wasn't like they messaged us or anything, so we're not in that kind of trouble. But I did feel like a bit of a piece of shit. We're getting heat with the boss. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just after Josh said such lovely things about us on the last episode we had him on. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but anyway, I want to uh, properly thank the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, give shout-outs to One Nation Radio, uh, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, The Outsiders Edge Wrestling Show, as well as uh, the Keeping It Strong Style New Japan Podcast uh, with other Jeremy and our boy, the young boy, Josh Smith, uh, all of that stuff at socialsuplex.com. Uh, you can check me out at the, the Chris things on the Instagram. Hopefully have some more fun, uh, lowbrow wrestling art shit coming at you in the near future. Uh, Chris things on the Twitter as well. Uh, where can we find you, Mr. Jeremy? I am at James Vanderbeek on both Twitter and Instagram is J A I M S Vanderbeek. Lovely. And if any workers out there would like some rad shirts, look, you got two of the best right now, right now in your Woo! earbuds between uh, okay. Brett and uh, and Jeremy. So no matter what style you're like, uh, you know whether it's a bit more illustrative, whether it's a bit more uh, funny and punny. Uh, we've, and we've they'll got get you more value for your dollar with uh, Mr. Brett over here. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, yeah, I hope uh, everyone's enjoyed this kind of bit of a, a peek into a little bit of something different today. So, uh, we'll, we'll One see. last thing before we all go out of here. Go on. Do Royal Rumble predictions. Uh, <laughs> I Who's going to win the men's? I was watching the takeover uh, with uh, my buddy Mallon uh, last night. And we had this exact conversation. So normally I, I wouldn't have anything for you, but I, I do today because we, we just had this chat. Um, I uh, always like the underdogs. You know, I like that that surprise story who, who actually would, would be really good to go on and win it, who you may not think of to start with. Uh, so for the men's, uh, I'm going to put out there a bit of a surprise here, but I think Mustafa Ali. I think he would be uh, perfect to, to go on and, and face Mr. Danielson uh, for the, uh, the the SmackDown strap at the, the big show. Uh, I think that would be a great story. I mean, he's even got some, some pinfall victories over him in some tag matches. So, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd personally enjoy that. But I think the obvious one's probably more like a Seth Rollins as much as I don't want to see that. Mm. What do you guys think? Uh, Brad, go ahead. Um, oh, so, yeah. I knew I, I should have already thought about this because we're watching it tomorrow <laughs> and I know we're going to do predictions tomorrow. But I was like, oh, I'll think about it at the moment. <laughs> um, so, um, and I know I've predicted people that like end up being in a previous match, but I think um, The Miz. Oh, I was leaning that way, honestly. It was I, I love The Miz. <laughs> I could see him being champion again. Like he's his work the last couple of years have been some of the best stuff he's done on both the mic and in ring. Yeah. Um, I was leaning. I know this is crazy out of the hat, out of the blue, but I was thinking Andrade. I think they've always wanted to have a, a Spanish guy or a Mexican guy who was like their top guy, and I heard they were pairing him with Rey Mysterio maybe in the future. Yeah. That's well, those those matches uh, so they've I, had on SmackDown uh, the last couple of weeks have been real good. So, 
Yeah. So yeah, if they want like some really high work rate match at WrestleMania, I think Andrade would so be So like a great turning match. turning yeah. Andrade face in the process yeah. of this? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, would that work? <laughs> oh. if he's paired with Ray, I think Ray could get him over. Like that those yeah. two as a unit. And I heard there was also rumors with Sin Cara. I don't know about that, but that's just speculated on rumors and innuendo. Rumors and innuendo. <laughs> Nice. Uh, for the ladies, Chris. for the ladies, oh, I have to go first. Shit, um, keep it in order, man. Uh, shit, I haven't given this one any thought. Not as prepared here. Um, so who are the women's <laughs> champions? We got uh, Ronda and um, is Oscar still got the SmackDown Asuka. one? Asuka. Yeah, Asuka. yeah. So it's probably going to be Becky, right? That's like the most logical scenario. And then, like, they somehow get into if they're still doing the, the three way idea for the the main event with um, Becky and, and Charlotte and, uh, and and Ronda, I guess that'd probably be the way. I I'd was go. thinking Alexa because she's mm. returning from injury, and th- for some reason they love having that girl in the front of the camera. I'm not the hugest fan of Alexa Bliss, but I I can see them going that way. Mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. Becky Lynch is sort of my immediate thought, but yeah, Alexa Bliss is probably a good shout because she is she's certainly, I guess, one of their safer pair of hands for you know the amount of mic time that a champ would get. Yeah, already know a potential champ. All right, well, this will be fun because people will have definitely already watched Rumble by the time they listen to this show. And they'll be able to say, oh, you guys were bloody dickheads and completely out to lunch. (laughs) They weren't Um, even in that rumble. (laughs) Somehow R-Truth won the woman's rumble. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Oh, great. Thanks, Lots Brett. Of Appreciate fun. it, man. That was really yeah. awesome. Thanks yeah, again, thank dude. Thank you, guys. You've been super kind. Oh, thank no you. No problem. problem, man. Love to have you on again in the future. All right. Well, yeah, thanks again, you. everybody. And uh, 50 people. Yeah. Have a good time. See you later.